Uh, hey, patrons, I just realized I can sneak these uh, uh, this uh, secret message in there. I don't know if you've already heard any of these, but I want to thank you for supporting the show. And just say uh, Saskalula to you, uh, and let's keep it going for you. Uh, hey, you all night tossing, turning, mind racing, trouble getting to sleep, trouble staying asleep, well, welcome. This is Sleep With Me, the podcast that puts you to sleep. We do it to bedtime story. All you need to do is get in bed, turn out the lights, and press play. I'm going to do the rest. What I'm going to do is create a safe place where you can set aside whatever's keeping you awake, whether it's uh, thoughts uh, running through your brain, uh, physical or emotional feelings or sensations, noises, a partner that's uh, sound asleep but also making an incredible amount of noise. Or, you know, you could have stuff creeping up from the past, uh, thinking about the stuff going on in the future. You could be going through something. You could be de- you could be dealing with something, you know. Or it could just be like a, the, 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 like somebody moved in with a freaking parakeet collection. I don't know. I hope not. I hope not. I really do. Uh, nothing against parakeets, you know, like, uh, you just, just, I'm just, you know, that, that, like, uh, that could happen. It wouldn't stay. I mean, I, that's the kind of thing I lose sleep over. Like, is that a flock of parakeets? Do parakeets travel in flocks? One, where, do, like, uh, and then I'll start thinking about it. I say, well, where do parakeet, where, where do parakeets sit? And then now I'm like, have I done, now I'll be losing sleep tonight. I said, did I have, have I done an opening about parakeets before? I think I've done ones about macaws and parrots. Uh, also, is that a parakeet that I'm thinking of? They're the little birds. Uh, they're multicolored. Mostly I'm picturing the yellow ones with the rosy cheeks and uh, some gray ones with yellow faces. And those ones make a lot of noise. Like, uh, so you don't want to, so they could be keeping you up at night. Uh, but whatever it happens to be, I'd like to take your mind off of that. Here's what I'm proposing I do. I'm going to send my voice across the deep, dark night. I'm going to try to create a calm, comfortable, welcoming, safe place where you can come on in. And I'm going to use my creaky, dulcet tones, my wings of pointlessness, my ab- abs- ability to observe things that, that are best, that best go, you know, my ability to bring into the foreground stuff that should remain in the background. And, but still, I bring it into the foreground. You see, it's, well, when you talk about stuff, Scoots, it's kind of out of focus. And I say, yeah, man, that's my, that's one of my skills. That's the skill set. It developed, that's my, that's the art of my craft. You know, that's how, that's those interviews that I do. They say, well, tell us about honing your craft. They say, well, I like to dull it down. I take, like, just like my knives, say. I, uh, like, I, like, I go to a knife sharpener and then they weep, much like my piano teachers. And, then I take the knives home and I dull them down. And they said, well, what technique? So, so you hone your craft by dulling it down. And they said, well, that's kind of the simplistic version. It really just happens, you know. Uh, I'm not sure. I just start using the knife. And I say, when did this thing get so dull? And then, you know, the, 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 the knife smith or whatever is too busy weeping, you know, saying whatever in the name of Hetchler Croft or whoever, uh, Victoria Rocks or whoever makes knives nowadays that, uh, you know, they're just like they're overwhelmed with emotion. And they might stay up at night, so I, I also have to get them to sleep. 
But if you're new here, here's the structure of the show and a couple of things just to, to give you a basic. Before I disorient you, uh, a podcast is about an hour long. It gives you plenty of time to fall asleep. So under no pressure to fall asleep right away. This is more of a sleep offering than a sleep solution. It's out there. You could try it and see how it goes. The show opens with five minutes of business. That's how we keep the podcast free and uh, keep the archives free and stuff. Uh, then there's about a 12 to 14 minute intro, which we're in the middle of. And then I'll, I'll try to pull some stuff out of the Star Trek episode and make a metaphor about the podcast. Uh, intros, they're rambly and they don't make a lot of sense. It's kind of a show within a show that some people use to get ready for the podcast and some people use it to ease them into bed. And then I'll talk about Star Trek The Next Generation uh, uh, episode, The Measure of a Man, about uh, it's more of The Measure of a Ma- Android, I think. Uh, I don't know. I get maybe it's like hearkening to a book. I, I don't know. But it, like I'll talk about that for about 40 minutes as well. So you're under no pressure to listen. You can kind of listen to this podcast. You take your mind off of it. I'll hold your hand or stand in your vicinity. Or you could just hear my voice and uh, try to escort you or accompany you as you cross over the threshold from wake to sleep. But you could drift away anytime. And But if you can't fall asleep, as some listeners can't, I'll be here the whole time giving it my all to keep you company. Because I've been there tossing and turning in the deep, dark night, unable to sleep. Now, tonight's episode of uh, Star Trek The Next Generation has not only a great quote, but also a great vocabulary word. At some point tonight, Data will be talking to Commander Bruce Maddox, uh, and uh, Data's talking about the ineffable quality of memory. And Maddox says, what do you mean, the uh, ineffable quality? And Data says, you can't reduce memory uh, to just a, a fa- mere facts of events. The substance, the flavor of the moment could be lost. In first, you might say, Scoots, how do you pronounce ineffable? I don't know. E-E-I-N-E-F-F-A-B-L-E, ineffable. Uh, according to the Merriam-Webster, incapable of being expressed in words or not to be uttered, uh, as in the case of uh, taboo. So if you're playing the game to do taboo, everything's supposed to be honored, but uh, can't be broken down into words. The ineffable qualities of memory... This podcast is kind of made up of broken down words. They can't be. They can't be broken down into anything. They say, "What kind of words you?" Well, broken. I got some broken down words, it, it, but the words themselves are fine. It's just my. It's just like my knives. I don't know how my knives get so dull, and I don't know how my words get broke. You know, I try to maintain them. Well, actually, I don't. I, I have them on my to do list to maintain my words, but uh, you know, take them in for their. You know, twelve thousand whatever, 12,000 sentence, uh, you check up. But then I say, well, like, so then my words break down. But there isn't, this podcast, there is an ineffable quality to me. It's a WTFable, I guess. Instead of ineffable, uh, this podcast is more WTFable. You say, what? I don't know what he's talking about. Like, I have no idea. They say, honey, what was Scoots talking about last night? Was he talking about... uh was he comparing? Was, was he comparing something with something else? He said, "I don't know." Like he said, I, I, he, I, "This was one where he couldn't even remember what he was talking about earlier." 
And then he tried to bring it back, and and then he, like, but then he started talking about Plaid and Paisley, I think, and then Brad Paisley, and he was wondering if Brad Paisley wears Paisley, and then if that's like a thing in country music, like, what's the country? What are country musicians? Where do they stand on Paisley? Paisley? Plaid versus Paisley, because Scoots likes cowboy shirts, and those are mostly plaid. And I think he was saying that he doesn't look good in Paisley. And he's, he wasn't 100% sure if he could picture Brad Paisley in his mind. He said Toby Keith just kept running around his brain up there in a plaid shirt and white white cowboy hat. And it was really distracting. I think that's what he was talking Maybe he said he had a dream about Toby Keith. Maybe that was just it, that Toby Keith was wearing Paisley. I don't know. It was like I was totally WTF-ed, So huh, I try. So that's like uh, those are the ineffable qualities. You see, this podcast, you don't need to listen. You also under no pressure to fall asleep. My voice is not exactly. When you first listen, you might be skeptical. You say, this is a podcast called Sleep With Me. It's supposed to put me to sleep, eh? It's like, well, it could put you to sleep. I don't know if it's supposed to do anything. Not supposed to make any sense. Or it's supposed to, it depends on what part of me you ask that question to. It more drone my craft than hone it. Uh, so, what was I talking about? So, yeah, so, so the podcast is a bit different. Uh, but it's a friendly thing. It's like, hey, like, I don't know if this is your type of thing, but, uh, you know, here, here, I hope it helps you fall asleep. Uh, one of the main reasons I make it is because as a kid I had terrible insomnia, and then as an adult I've dealt with sleeplessness on and off. And I said, Jesus, you made me me telling some bedtime stories, keeping you company, maybe making you whatever's before laugh, you know. Like in this episode, Data, oh no, that's the next, uh, like, but Data, you know, Data doesn't do a lot of laughing. But he, he's amused, you know, so, so like something like that, uh, mostly just to keep you company. And to say, hey, if this is running through your brain, why don't you listen to me talk about, uh, you know, like, again, you see Brad, Brad Pay, like every time I say Brad Paisley, Toby Keith pops in my brain. Uh, do I know why? No. And, or, you know, I guess the main thing, when I say Paisley, here's a test. Does Parame- do, do you see Toby Keith, Brad Paisley, or Paramecium's? Which one? Because isn't that like a, like, how come no one, no one talks about that? Is that like a controversy? Like do Paisley and Patriot Paramecium's have anything in common? Because they look a lot alike. I've always thought that my whole life. Also, I think, I don't know if when Paisley was in fashion, if it's, uh, so maybe no one even, they say, well, what's that like? Uh, I think most people know what, if not, you know what a Paramecium looks like. That was like, I think that was like a, I'm pretty sure amoebas and parameciums were the only things I learned between grade two and grade uh, seven. Uh, you know, gold. Ja- I look into my finest box to check my status of the Golgi apparatus, and uh, you know, my mitochondria. Of course, they're misfiring. Correct. Uh, so you know, but that's just so I can make you know cellular level jokes. Anyway, so obviously I get off track. I get distracted, and that's kind of what a. Uh, so, I, so that's what I say. I'm, I'm glad you're here. 
I give this podcast a few tries uh, because I make it because and I work hard at it because I really hope and I really yearn to help you fall asleep. And I, I really appreciate you trying it out. Thanks for stopping by. All right. So here we are. We're talking about a measure of a man. Uh, let's see. I, I, I still have trouble balancing. I don't know how many episodes we've done. I still feel like we don't have a total groove on the structure of uh, my readbacks. But this one, I was kind of going back and forth between the story and the thing. Uh, so story before the opening, it starts off with poker. Poker face is an instinct. Uh, we meet an old love of Picard. Uh, then the episode opens and talk about, hey, what are you doing out here? Good law, pride versus a court-martial versus vindictiveness versus the truth. Then Maddox, this dude Maddox makes a proposal or has a proposal. The Admiral checks out the Enterprise. Uh, they're close to the neutral zone. The proposal is to disassemble data uh, to replicate uh, to replicate this. Data is referred to a lot of times in that way by this Commander Maddox. It, how will you do this? Someone asks, well, there's risks. And they say, well, I can't allow it. So then Maddox says, I get transfer orders for it. Oh, I just realized I think a lot of my other notes are in another notebook. So I don't know if we'll go to the story notes anyway. But uh, so this is a big time episode. It really... Uh, a really rich and deep uh, thematically really covers a lot of ground. Uh, and for season two, episode nine, a really like uh, impressive and intense, uh, uh, like, no, well, not intense. As far, I, I don't know. I, I think I like, I, I'm not kidding. Like I teared up uh, the first time I maybe watched this. And I watched this like maybe six months ago on the recommendation of uh, Max from Cards, uh, the great medium write-up that maybe I'll put in here a link to. And Max is now doing a lot. It seems like a, like a, I don't know Max, but, it, but like that he's doing a lot of stuff with uh, uh, EF, like like uh, just interesting stuff. Uh, uh, Cards Against Humanity, the Max, that Max. Max T. So this is a big episode. So season two, episode nine, uh, Captain's Log, uh, 173. Well, that doesn't make sense. Uh, I don't know if that's a minute. Seven, I guess there's no minute 73 either, Scoots. Oh, Starbase 173. It's a new Starbase. Uh, they're going for a port call, crew, crew rotation, and offloading experimental modules. And, oh, just in case so everybody knows my setup, I'm just using my regular phone now, so the episode is playing, uh, for continuity's sake. And it opens with a poker game, and uh, O'Brien has a lousy luck. Uh, Scardy starred. What does that say? I don't know what that says. Scardy star. Data's got a frosted visor on. Looks almost like a bathroom window. Like the glass you'd use on a bathroom window to, from the outside so people can't see you in the bathroom. Uh, like the frosted, wavy glass. Uh, this poker room is much darker lit than the poker rooms of the future Enterprise. Uh, like, and, 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 and uh, just much darker lit. Very, uh, uh, very poker, I put, or X-ray poker. Riker, go, Riker has a heads up with data. 
Data looks spark. I put very sparkly this season, question mark. Is data more sparkly this season? Does anybody chart that? I'm sure somebody on the internet does. Uh, uh, data's very green at poker. He makes a lot of excited moves. Like, he's got a lot of good, uh, like, he's leaning in and looking at Riker's cards. Riker's doing some bluffing. They're playing five-card uh, stud, I think. And I, I didn't know. I thought Data had a full house, uh, but I guess not. It's, uh, I'm looking now. I thought Data had a full house, but Data has just two pair. So Data folds. I was wondering if Data had a full house because I said, doesn't a full house beat a flush? Uh, but it turns out it's true. Uh, he gets bluffed through. Jordy laughs. Uh, and Riker shows his cards, like, uh, which is kind of, I guess in a casual poker game, I guess that's for fun, but kind of when you're bluffing, kind of like, uh, I guess they're trying, I guess maybe not in this situation, they're trying to teach data. So Riker's really being helpful. We also have like Pulaski, I, I, I don't know if she's an admiral. She's got three pips, uh. What does that make? I, I don't know. Uh, Riker, like, I think she's on the same rank. Lieutenant Pulaski, I guess. Lieutenant Riker, Lieutenant Pulaski. I don't know a lot about her. I haven't watched enough of these. If she's just a guest, uh, uh, I put triple question mark. Pulaski definitely knows a lot of poker lingo. She says uh, she picks a game seven card high low with a buy on the last card and just to make it interesting, the man with the axe takes all. I would, I would say, I, I'm sorry, I don't, you'd have to explain that to me. I used to play a lot of poker, but um, I haven't really played very much since I stopped drinking, because I used to drink, you know, uh, it pretty much has to start from scratch. Uh, so then Picard goes to the bar, or the, I guess the T-bar, whatever the heck you call it, it's Starbase 173. Uh, like uh, drinking uh, Earl Grey. I, I don't know. I wonder if Earl Grey tastes different. Uh, I don't know a lot about replicators. I, w- I would bet it did. Like, like, I'd be like, this is, I guess, the thing I have with radio and uh, streaming services. I guess with replicators, it'd be the same thing. So, future scientists think about this. So, like, if a replicator and I order, order Earl Grey, ideally, there's some sort of algorithm to randomize it slightly. You know, and some different things. Uh, like, I don't want it. Like, I, sure, I could say, well, give me a Northern European Earl Grey, you know, from uh, whatever the freaking best city that is, Earl Grey in Northern Europe is. But I'd like it, even that to be randomized. You say, well, let's submit, you know, just a little bit. You got this, like, because uh, that's what I miss about radio, like streaming songs without a DJ. I don't know. It, it might be tough to, to, to make those two, you know, but, it, but you know what I'm, I think you know what I'm saying. Uh, but Ricard is at the uh, bar and he, a woman walks in, Philippa Louvois, Philippa, and he says, my God, you're back in uniform. Ten years, uh, seems like 50 and then Vicard says, this is very forward. He says, if we weren't around all these people, you know what I'd like to do? And she says, well, uh, what? He says, she, and then she says, ain't love wonderful? And then they sit down. I, I guess that doesn't seem very professional, though. I think it, like the, like any workplace that would get you written up. Uh, so I don't know. 
Well, you know, it's a TV show, so give me a break, Scoots. But, and he says, what are you doing out here? She goes, I'm, in, I'm the, like, in charge of the JAG office out here, 23rd Sector. No staff, but one ensign. You're going to make some good law out here on the, uh, on the whatever you call it, uh, country or whatever you heck. And Picard says, so you came back uh, starfully. And she goes, yeah, yeah. And he goes, you shouldn't have left. She goes, they forced me out. He goes, no, you were too proud. And then they talk about the Stargazer Court Martial, which is a little, like I don't have enough Star Star Trek knowledge yet to understand all this. Uh, but one day I'll understand it. But there seems to be some, like she tried uh, Picard about uh, the Stargazer Court Martial. And he's not happy still. He kind of feels like it was vindictive in related to their relationship or some flaw he saw in her where she was too stubborn. And he says, well, geez, I hope you learned, you weren't, you know, you, you enjoyed the, ad, the adversarial process more than anything. Maybe you learned something. She goes, it's good to see you. She goes, I'm glad you're still a pompous ass and a damn sexy man. And I was watching it with my daughter. She was like, uh, she couldn't believe that. Then the Admiral, uh, Admiral Nakamura comes in and they say, you two know each other? Oh yeah, we're old friends. Uh, and she goes, by the way, Jean-Luc, you can buy me dinner. And then they get this guy with him, Captain Commander Bruce Maddox. And he goes, Bruce Maddox has got an enterprise proposal. Let's check out the enterprise. Also, I noticed at the bar or whatever, there was an armless statue, like a little bit like uh, Venus de Milo or something. And outside the window looked really good. Oh, also, when he, he's sitting with Philippa, uh, strange that she, one of them has a white cup, I think Jean-Luc, and she has a black flute uh, they're drinking. And then, yeah, the Admiral rolls up with a nervous guy. Uh, she says, Picard, you could call me, buy me dinner or whatever. And they go to see the Enterprise. They're on the bridge. Data right away senses trouble. And he's getting weird looks from this Commander Maddox guy. Uh, let's see, Wesley is at Data's side. The Admiral's very happy. And he says, Commander Maddox has got some important uh, stuff. Right when he says that, there's like music from a movie. And uh, there's like this Twilight Zone mood. The music's from another movie, but uh, kind of like a Twilight Zone mood. And Maddox is like, yeah, I got this... Uh, uh, like, uh, whatever, uh, I'm going to do some work on, uh, the Admiral says, do some work on your Android. And then Max says, how you been, Data? And Data says, my condition does not alter with the passage of time, Commander. And then Picard says, you two know each other? And Max says, yeah, I evaluated Data. And Data said, yeah, he was trying to keep me out of the Academy. And then Maddox says, well, what are you, or Ricardo says, what are you going to do? That's what Maddox says. Well, disassemble data. I don't know. I thought there was an ad there, but data looks unhappy. Riker looks skeptical. Uh, so they go, they sit with Ricard. It's very serious. Uh, and they kind of have, like, Ricard says, what, how, what's going to go down? He goes, well, she's have, uh, Maddox is referring to data as it. And he's, I'm a, a student of Dr. Noonien Sung, data's creator. And I'm, I'm close to making a duplicate of this uh, data, but I got to disassemble it and study it. Uh, 
Picard says, Data, what do you think? And he was intriguing. And Riker goes, well, how do you proceed? And then he goes, well, I'm going to offload Data's brain into something else, the main brain, mainframe. And anybody to even to try to update a computer would know this. Is, and then Data says, uh, do you have a positive? Data totally blows this game up. He goes, so you got a positronic brain? And Maddox goes, yeah. And Data goes, really? How did you get that Alexan electron resistance with the filament stuff? And Maddox says, well, if, uh, I'm working on that one. And Dave says, wouldn't that be the first step? And Maddox says, don't worry. Once I see the inside of your brain, I'll be able to make your brain. And Data says, if the answer's not forthcoming, your model will not function. And Maddox goes, anyway, guys, we got to wrap this up. No problems. But Riker goes, you're vague on specifics, bruh. And Ricard goes, what are the risks? And Maddox says, negligible. This guy could work and, you know, he could, this is a politician, this uh, Maddox. I think he is like a, I think he's in the house now. And Ricard Data says, this, he goes, this guy, he doesn't know what he's talking about to support an experiment of this magnitude. And Ricard goes, Data's a valued member of my crew. I can't, you know, no, not, no dice. And Maddox goes, I was afraid of that. He goes, there's transfer orders for Data to go to my ship, so uh, I'll see you tomorrow morning, Data. Um, yeah, Data blows this game up with two questions. Uh, Riker, uh, then there's an ad break. Then uh, Picard is at his computer. Data rings the bell. Picard uh, gets up to greet him. Goes, you sent for me, sir? Goes, yeah, Data, sit down. He goes, well, we got a problem. And Data goes, yeah, I find your, myself in agreement with your assessment. He goes, I don't want to lose you. And Data says, I love this, but this is one of my favorite scenes. Data goes, I will not submit to this procedure, sir. And, like, uh, Data really has to advocate for himself. I, I'm really proud of Data, to be honest with you. Or Data, I don't know if you'd say. Because the first Ricard doesn't quite get it. He goes, yeah, I understand your objections, but it's Starfleet's interests as well. So if Maddox is correct, you know, it'd be great. We could make more Android. And Data says simply, uh, sir, Lieutenant LaForge's eyes are superior to human eyes. Uh, why aren't all human officers required to have their eyes replaced with cybernetic implants? And, uh, like, at first, like, oh, here's another note. Uh, at first, Picard's very uh, patronizing and paternal, like, patriarchal, uh, fatherly, but in a I-know-best way. But then after Data says, lays this eye stuff on him, this is at 1253. Picard's totally floored. Great, great acting. Uh, he goes, uh, he doesn't even say anything, uh, he goes, uh, Data says, I see. He goes, it is precisely because I'm not human that you're, uh, and Picard says, that will be all, Mr. Data. And I don't know, like, if Picard was, like, staring at the floor, I don't know, serious or angry. There's music. I don't know what I put, something music. And then he, Picard says, computer, give me all relevant info about this transfer stuff. Uh, then Picard, he rolls in very serious entry, like an irritated pacing speed, into Philippa's uh, office. He's fiery. 
She goes, my gosh, uh, twice in as many nights. He goes, I need your help. She goes, oh, that's a, she's passive aggressive, I guess, or just sarcastic. Oh, you need my help, kind of. And Ricard says, geez, they're making, they're transferring data uh, for an ill-conceived experiment. I want to stop it. And she goes, well, uh, you can't stop the transfer. And Ricard goes, well, it's not going to, I don't trust this Maddox dude. And she goes, well, we agreed to certain risks when we joined Starfleet. And Ricard says, yeah, uh, just acceptable, justified risks. This isn't either. It's unfair. He has rights. And she goes, a passion over a machine. And he goes, well, what are the options? She goes, well, there's one option. He could resign. And Ricard goes, huh. And she goes, so you came to me for help? He goes, oh, yeah, yeah, you're the JAG officer. I didn't have any choice. And she goes, I didn't mean it that way. I'm glad you came to me. And she says, geez, I didn't mean it that way. I'm glad you could come to me. But Kurt says, the word trust isn't, he's really, he goes, uh, can't trust me. Nine out of ten for expert effort. And she goes, well, geez, I wish things were different. He goes, yeah, I wish you could believe that. What is this? Not over. Oh, yeah. Picard is not over it. Not underlined over it. Underlined it over underlined. He's not over it. Oh, there's some Star Wars music about Data's packing. And uh, we see a projection of Tasha from season one. I don't know when she left the ship, but uh, we see his medals. They put, does he have eight medals and a book? Double question mark. Uh, and Maddox just barges right in and starts like looking through Data's stuff and looking at the inscription on his book. And Data burns him again. Also, I wonder what what's up with these little cases they have on the ship. Picard used one when he went to France. Uh, they don't look very like they're tubes in their heart. I don't, I don't think a tube is the best way to pack stuff because uh, most of the stuff Data's packing square. Uh, but again, I didn't uh, you know I didn't graduate from Starfleet so. Uh, but Maddox reads, with disgrace and fortune in men's eyes, I'll all alone weep my outcast state. And he says, is that words to you or just meaning? Or do you fathom the meaning? Uh, I think that's from Shakespeare, because it says it here. And uh, <laughs> Data says, total burn. Isn't, is it not customary to request permission before entering an individual's quarters? Also, uh, let's see. A G, there's a geode. Oh, no, is this? Uh, let me see. I'm, I'm off here. Okay, I jumped ahead. Sorry about that. Um, and Maddox is acting all dramatic. Uh, he says, she said, I want to talk stuff out so I could persuade you. It's going to be fine. You know, you'll remember everything. And Data goes, yeah, just the memory. He goes, reduced to the mere facts of the events, you know, the binary code, zeros and ones. The substance, the flavor of the moment could be lost. Uh, and he tries to harken back to the poker at the beginning of the episode and how you can learn poker, but reality doesn't resemble the rules. And Maddox says, well, what's your point? And Data says that I don't believe it's possible to download the information in a positronic brain. Or maybe it is. You don't have the expertise to do to preserve the essence of those memories there's an ineffable, ineffable, ineffable quality uh, to memory, which I do not believe can survive your procedure. And Maddox says, ineffable quality. 
And he goes, well, we're going to have to do this the hard way. I'm in charge here. And Data goes, nope, I'm not under anyone's. I resigned from Starfleet. And Maddox says, you can't resign. And Data says, I did, and I must. I'm the culmination of one man's dream. This is an ego or vanity. Noonien soon created me uh, like he added something to the universe. And if by your experiments you take me away... Something wonderful will be lost, and I can't permit that. i got to protect his dream. And Maddox is just a jerk. He goes, keep packing because you're going to be reporting. And then, I don't know what this says, Prost, maybe in post-ad, oh, yeah, there's Captain Log. Uh, Maddox is, you know, of course, making a legal case of it. Uh, Louvois wants my, me there. And we go in mid-scene, I think, and Maddox is like... Uh, uh, you're being irrational. Picard goes, irrational? He goes, you're making data into a human because he looks human. If it's a box on wheels, you wouldn't be doing this. And Philippa says, uh, overt sem- sentimentality is not Picard's, uh, not Picard's thing. And Picard says, data's a valued member of my crew. And Maddox says, well, I can make a ton of these dudes. Uh, you know, and they could do all the dangerous stuff. And Philippa says, that's great, uh, but get to the point. And Maddox says, Data can't resign. And Picard says, he's got rights. And Maddox says, rights? I don't care about rights. Uh, what about my rights? Uh, to my li- This is my life's work. Uh, and Philippa says, well, we got the law of rule. Uh, you can't just make androids do stuff, I don't think, you know, for your pet theories. And Maddox says, like, uh, you're going to, he goes, this is too good an opportunity to pass up to study this data. And Vicar says, who do you think you're working for? So Starfleet isn't like some organization, you know, you just pick which regulations you follow and they're convenient. Uh, whether you like it or not, data has rights. And then Maddox says, let me put it another way. Would you let a computer decide if it wanted to be, like, uh, updated or whatever? And she goes, well, that's an interesting point. The computer, but the computer's enterprise property is data. And Maddox says, yep. And she goes, well, maybe you're right. And then Picard says, well, we need a trial because this is like in a set of precedents. And you better like use the same zeal you did in the Stargazer Court Martial, Philippa. Uh, let's see. I also notice Louvois, she has a little android in her, just the way she was behaving. There's a slice of a geode in her office. It's white and gray with a black. Uh, a lot of geodes, I think, in Star Trek. Uh, Maddox is a bit breathless. He probably needs to do some running when he's trying to. He's sick of rights. I loved pet theories, too. And uh, who do you think you're working for? Uh, and Maddox changes his tactic. Uh, there may be. Uh, or maybe law, then find it. Uh, I don't remember. Oh, yeah. Picard says, she said, oh, there might be law. And Picard says, then find it. He really raises his voice. And again, Picard's still not over the stargazer, uh, court-martial. 2053, do yourself a favor and watch this scene. If you're a big fan of Willy Wonka, I don't think I've seen anything unwrapped as delicately since then. Is when, you know, Charlie unwrapped that chocolate bar that had the golden ticket in it. But Data's unwrapping a present uh, uh, is really good. He's unwrapping it. Uh, 
some of them, you know, we all movies do it all the time, but it's still fun. The silver paper, very deliberate, even more than a grandfather. Riker looks a little drunk. Uh, uh, something about a bowling ball in there. Because they say, just rip off the paper. And Wesley goes, you're missing the point. And the book was uh, Dream of Fire by Karatak from Worf. Uh, and Worf was like, yeah, that's when the, this uh, Klingons made this novel, you know, top-notch. Uh, and Pulaski, Pulaski says, no, 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 I disagree. And then Data goes over to Jordy, who's kind of sulking. I mean, they're best friends. Me and my daughter watched this scene. Very touching scene. Uh, he said, Data says, Jory, something wrong? He goes, yeah, you're leaving. And Data goes, yeah, no one regrets it more than me. And Jordy says, yeah, I just don't like it. It's not fair. I don't like how you're being treated. And the Data quotes Dr. Pulaski. So she definitely has an influence. He goes, well, just like Dr. Pulaski says, life isn't fair. And Jordy goes, that doesn't help. And Data says, I shall miss you, Jordy. And he says, yeah, me too, buddy. Must have been a bowling ball in somewhere's joke. I don't know where that was. I wrote that down. Bowling ball in the... So, I don't know. Maybe Riker made a joke about bowling balls. That's why I thought he was drunk. And him and Jordy share a moment. Uh, Data kind of has a goofy stare. Uh, then Riker and Picard are in Lovaz's office. She's basing... She, she said, I read the Acts of Cumberland. Data is property. And he doesn't have a choice. And Picard says, well, then I'm going to challenge the ruling. Uh, then I shall challenge. Uh, and she says, well, we'll have a hearing, but we don't really have anybody out here. It's a new base. and no staff. Uh, and he says, well, you'll have to figure it out. And she goes, okay, well, uh, officers will have to work at it. You in char- you'd have to defend data. Picard says, perfect, sounds good. And then uh, the prosecutor would have to be the next in command. Uh, that's you, Commander Riker. And Riker says, no way, Data's my comrade. Uh, I respect him and I'm friends with him. And then uh, she says, well, Jesus, like, uh, some t- this is the kind of adversarial system we have sometimes. And Riker goes, well, I don't believe Data's just a machine, so I'm not qualified. Uh, I know better. And I'm not willing. You'll find somebody else. She goes, well, just rule against Data then. Data's a toaster. Report to Captain Maddox immediately. Riker goes, okay, so I don't have a choice. Uh, she goes, yeah, and you better do your due diligence or whatever. If you don't, I'll just end the trial. And Riker says, you don't got to remind us of our duty. You remember yours. And she goes, I have never forgotten it. Not then and not now. Regards right up in her grill. And Riker leaves, and then uh, the, 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 what does this say? Data's a toaster. Ricard and Riker look at one another. I see. Oh, that was earlier. I have no choice, Riker says. And Riker storms out, then Picard storms out. Uh, then they get a shot of the space station after a commercial break. Ricard's in his office. Uh, and I put here, why doesn't, couldn't Data run or go rogue? I mean, I guess not. Maybe they have the remote shut off uh, or, you know, a tracking device. So that'd be good fan fiction, though. Data goes rogue. Uh, but Data's face actually shows some emotion here. Picard goes, Data, um, Captain Luvas says your property of Starfleet, you can't resign. And Data says, I see from limitless options, I'm reduced to none. 
or rather one. I only hope Captain Maddox is more capable than it would appear. Avicar says, no, 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 we're going to fight this. I challenge the ruling. We're going to have a hearing. And uh, she's still a fair person, so we'll put the rest of the question of your legal status for once and for all. And he goes, I'm supposed to represent you. Is that cool? And Data goes, I have complete confidence in your ability to represent my interests. And Riker's in some, like, weird computer. I don't know if there's a library or whatever. We also get Riker's password if you need it. It's Riker William T. Theta Alpha 2737 uh, Blue. And then you say enable, you know, is enter. And Riker's, uh, I guess he's in a library or, like, a like some sort of pod, research pod. Uh, doing research uh, on data. He's also drinking. I don't know what he's drinking. I thought it was chai, C-H-A-I, like some sort of milky tea-based beverage, maybe. Maybe it could be a, a white Russian, though. Uh, a hot cocoa, oh, butterbeer. These are the other things I thought it could be. Uh, and Riker smiles because he kind of figures something out, but then he realizes he figures something out, so then he frowns. Uh, then the hearing opens, uh, they convene it, and, uh, and Riker calls uh, Data uh, to the stand. Uh, it's, it's verify. Uh, like uh, Instead of a Bible, they got some hand reader, and it identifies Data and starts re- reading off his things. Uh, decoration for Val. Riker says, we could skip it, and Picard goes, no, 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 no. I want all his medals read. Valor and Gallantry, Medal of Honor with Clusters, Legion of Honor, the Star Cross. So then Riker says, geez, what are you? And Data says, you know, I'm like an android. You know know what I am. I am's what I am. And he goes, no, no, actually, uh, an android, according to Webster's, is an automaton made to resemble a human being. And Riker goes, by whom? Nice, nice, Riker's got his language down. Dr. Noonien Sung, foremost authority in cybernetics, a human. Riker says, who is that? He goes, a human. And he goes, what's your memory? Data goes, 800 quadrillion bits, uh, uh, 60 trillion operations per second. Uh, then he makes the data bend some steel. Picard objects. He goes, there's other life forms with mega strength. I said, wait a second. There are? I would. Lo- I, I said, objection. I'd like to know who, whom, what other life forms have mega strength. Uh, and Riker takes Data's hand. They couldn't figure out where he was going with this. Uh, and Picard tries to object, but then he says, never mind. Uh, and he goes, uh, Riker makes this strange. This part's strange. He goes, he goes Data, Commander is a physical representation of a dream, an idea conceived by the mind of a man uh, to serve human needs and interests. It's just a collection of neural nets and heuristic algorithms uh, Responses dictated by a software program written by a man. It's hardware built by a man, and now a man will shut it off, and then he turns off Data with some secret button. Data goes to sleep, or, you know, goes into sleep mode. And Riker very dramatically says, Pinocchio is broken. The strings have been cut. Uh, and then there's, like, total shock. Uh, 
let's see, takes out Data's hand. Yeah, total shock. Uh, Riker, Riker even rubs his hand down his face and his beard over his mouth because he's, uh, before he says Pinocchio, I think, uh, Riker's just stressed. Uh, then there's a commercial break. Uh, then right, Picard's at the bar. His hands are on the bar, and 10 forward or whatever. And Guinan brings over two Earl Greys, you know, hot, uh, medium hot or however Picard likes it. Uh, and she kind of holds her drink at an angle and looks into her tea as she lays it out. Like, very good use. Of, again, I mean, Whoopi Goldberg's a great actress. Uh, so I just liked uh, the way this, this is, I mean, this is one of the biggest scenes, I think, uh, as far as trying to, like, uh, say, huh, this is, like, an important current issue, you know, to address current uh, social situations uh, in a direct way, but still be indirect, uh, really relies on the writing and the acting and the directing at this point. And I think they really did a great job. Uh, and I just think these little things, like the way... Uh, guy and was standing and, and I, don't, I don't know, like kind of like uh, laying it out for Picard, but ch- like, I don't know, you'd ha- you have to watch it yourself, I guess. Uh, but she holds a drink at her angle, angle, looks into her tea, and lays it all out real slow and subtle. And I'll go through the dialogue, but then she gets cool when she, like, uh, even cooler with her talk, like whole generations of disposable people. And then she takes a sip, and then Picard has this, uh, uh, dawned on me, look, uh, and she doesn't have to say anything more. So basically, they're sitting next to each other, and Guy says, Well, Jesus, so the argument it didn't go good. And Picard goes, Now, Riker's great. And she goes, Yeah, you got a hard argument. Uh, D- data is a machine, kind of. Uh, and Picard goes, Yeah. And she goes, You're worried about him? And Picard goes, well, I put him in worse situations. And then Guinan says, sure, it should be fine then. But you could tell she's uh, she's too wise. So she's really, and she goes, Maddox could make a bunch of data. It's very valuable. And Picard goes, yeah. And she goes, he's valuable to you. And Picard goes, yeah, I can't even. And she goes, yeah, whole uh, team of people uh, that are property of Starfleet, that's real valuable. And Picard goes, well, what do you mean? And she goes, well, geez, you know, you know, history, human history is not so hot, huh? With disposable creatures doing the dirty work, uh, difficult, hazardous, uh, in an army of disposable. You don't have to worry about their welfare, their feelings. And Picard goes, you're talking about slavery. And she goes, well, that's a little harsh. And Picard goes, it's not harsh. That's the truth. Uh, he goes, we've obscured it with an easy, comfortable euphemism, property. But that's not the issue at all, is it? But I liked how Guinan set up the situation so Picard could discover it, I guess, and the audience could discover this thematic turn. It, it, I mean, I think it even sounds like even I'm doing it ham-handedly uh, compared to what they're doing. So then it's just up, we're back in court. It's just uh, time for Picard to take this home. He's kind of sitting there almost cracking his knuckles. Uh, and at first he's almost monotone. Uh, he goes, you, Riker did a great job. Data's a machine. Do we not deny that? No, uh, it's not relevant. That's why he goes, we're machines, just machines of a different type. I mean, do yourself a favor. This is one of the best scenes in Next Generation 
in episodes uh, just for pure acting. But this one, the square room scene, uh, you realize in this scene, it really, okay, like, and this isn't an offense to anyone having anything to do with this project that, uh, while Patrick Stewart uh, is just uh, tra- tra- transcendent, I mean, uh, he just added, I don't know, I don't want to take anything around West Ray, the, I, I don't know, he just, uh, like, oh, okay, this is why it's so beloved. Uh, but so he says, yeah, do we deny that? No. He goes, uh, Riker said, well, it was made by you. Date is made by a human. Well, yes. Yeah, so, so what? Uh, children come from their parents. Are they property? Uh, no. I called Day to the stand. They show his medals. He goes, why do you keep your medals? Uh, he says, why do you keep your medals? Well, logical purpose they serve. Day says, I don't know. I just wanted them. Is that vanity? Amphicard goes, why do you keep this book? He goes, well, it's a gift. Data says, well, it's a gift from you. Amphicard says, do you value it? He goes, yeah. He goes, why? He goes, reminder of friendship. And then he busts out the hologram of Tasha. He goes, uh, he goes why, why do you have a picture of Tasha and nobody else? Uh, Data says, I don't want to answer that. I made a promise. And Amphicard says, under the circumstances, I think Tasha, I don't think Tasha would mind. Uh, also he had in there something that looked like a Game Boy Advance, uh, and behind data, there's a departures board. And this is at 34, 32 around, but he says, what's up with Tasha? He goes, we were intimate. They do three reaction shots. Uh, uh, they do a reaction shot of, uh, I think it's like, uh, Riker, the Louvois, she sits up in her seat and then they Maddox. Oh, they do Louvois. First, it's Louvois. She sits up. Then she looks over to Riker, who lowers his eyes. Then it goes to Maddox, who rubs his own arms. And they say, like, uh, intimate. Uh, no one says that. And then uh, Ricard says, thanks. I got no more questions. And then she says, you went across examining Riker? He goes, no. And then Ricard says, I got a Maddox up here, hostile witness. And then they start to go through his qualification. Picard goes, anyway, anyway, it's nonsense. He goes, uh, he goes, you're an expert. Uh, so you say data is not a sentient being and doesn't get the rights of sentient life forms, right? Maddox goes, yeah, and he's not sentient. He goes, okay, what is required for sentience? And Maddox says, uh, intelligence, self-awareness, and consciousness. And Picard says, can you prove I'm sentient? And Maddox says, oh, of course, you, we all know you're sentient. Uh, and he goes, okay, so you're saying I'm sentient, but date is not. And he says, yeah, yeah, why? Maddox says, well, you're self-aware. And Picard says, ah, the second of your criteria. Let's deal with the first. Is intelligent? Is Commander Data intelligent? And he goes, uh, yeah, he goes, he could deal with stuff, uh, and he goes, self-aware, what does that mean? Why am I self-aware? And Maddie says, because you're aware of, you're conscious of your existence and your actions. Uh, you're aware of yourself and your ego. And he goes, the goes, Data, what are you doing now? He goes, I'm in a legal hearing uh, to determine if I'm a person or property. And he goes, what's at stake, Data? And Data says, my right to choose, perhaps my very life. 
And Picard, oh, so good, this acting. He goes, my rights, my status, my right to choose, my life. Seems pretty self-aware to me, Commander. I'm waiting. And Max goes, well, this isn't easy. And Picard says, do you like it, Data? He goes, well, I don't know if I like it or dislike it. And Picard goes, oh, do you admire him? He goes, oh, yeah, it's an extraordinary piece of machinery. And he goes, you're really interested, you study these cybernetics your whole life, uh, right? And now you want to dismantle them? And he goes, yes, yeah, so I can learn from it and construct more. And Picard has him now. He says, well, how many more? He goes, well, hundreds or thousands. There's no limit. And Picard goes, a single data, forgive me, is a curiosity, a wonder. But he goes, thousands of datas, wouldn't that be a race, uh, wouldn't we be judged how we treat that race? Uh, now tell me, Commander, what is data? And Maddox says, I don't understand. And Picard says, what is he? And he says, a machine. He goes, is he? Are you sure? And Maddox says, yes. And he goes, Picard says, well, he goes, we met two of your three criteria. So what if he meets the third? Consciousness, even in the smallest degree. What is he then? He goes, I don't know. And then he goes, do you? And he says it, he looks right over at Riker. And then he says, do you? Uh, to Philippa. I think maybe the first one he says to Maddox or the last one. I don't know. Uh, but there's like a lot of zooms. So let me just double check. Uh, they put holy gravitas. I also put Drew look up the definition of gravitas. Uh, when Picard first called Maddox this stage, he crossed his legs. Seems seasonably self-aware to me. That's when uh, Maddox breathes uneasy. Uh, when he says, uh, there is no limit, Picard goes, ah. And that's at 3524. This is when the dramatic part happens. Dramatic music. What is he? What is he then? I don't know. Do you? It's very swift, I put. Uh, he turns to Riker, do you? To Levad, do you? And, that's, and then he says, well, that's a question you have to answer, Your Honor. The courtroom is a crucible. In it, we burn away irrelevancies until we are left with a pure product, the truth for all time. Sooner or later, somebody's going to replicate data, and the decision today will determine how we regard this creation of our genius. It'll reveal the kind of people we are and that he's destined to be. And it'll reach far beyond this courtroom and one android and define the boundaries of personal liberty and freedom, expanding for some, curtailing them for others. Are you prepared to condemn him and all who come after him to servitude and slavery? And the Picard's still not done. He says, Your Honor, Starfleet was founded to seek out new life. Well, there it sits. And he points to data. And he goes, you wanted a chance to make a law? Well, here it is. Make it a good one. And Ricard is done. And, you know, he's just basically, there's like total mic drop. Uh, Ricard sits down. Maddox holds the arms of his chairs. As Lois says, well, it sits there looking at me. And I don't know what it is. The case, this is dealt with metaphysics, uh, questions for saints and philosophers that I'm not really qualified to answer. But I got to make a ruling to the future. Is Data Machine? Yes. Is he property of Starfleet? No. We've all been dancing around the basic issue. Does Data have a soul? I don't know that he has, uh, Luva says. She says, I don't know that I have. 
but I've got to give him the freedom to explore that question himself. It is the ruling of this court that Lieutenant Data has the freedom to choose. Uh, I love that. The freedom to explore that question himself. And Data stands and faces Maddox with, it was kind of like a confident smile. And he says, uh, like, uh, Picard watches, uh, Data says, I refuse to uh, undergo your procedure. And Maddox says, I cancel the order. And Data says, thanks, and keep up your work. When you're ready, I'll be around. Uh, I find some of your ideas intriguing. And Maddox kind of seems touched. Uh, Picard watches, uh, touched right down to the bottom of the soul. That's from uh, nothing song. But uh, see, it does work. See something, it does work. I, I don't know what that says. Oh, that's when Maddox says, he's remarkable. And Philippa says, you didn't call him it, and Maddox leaves. And then she says, see, John Lucas, sometimes it does work. And he says, she goes, goes to leave, he goes, Philippa, dinner. This kind of seemed patriarchal to me, a little bit honest, like, or whatever you want to call it. Uh, and she goes, you buying? And there's a little nod. And then we have, like, uh, this was, scene was funny for Riker. I thought we have this last scene where Riker's looking out the window and I think he's trying to rewrite the events a little bit because uh, Data says, geez, man, uh, why aren't you at the party on the holodeck? First of all, what kind of party can they have on the holodeck? Sounds sweet. Uh, and Riker says, I have no right to be there. And Data says, because you failed? And he goes, no, Data. He goes, that was the best case ever. He goes, did you see me in action? He goes, I pretty much won, and it would probably be to anybody but John Luke. Uh, he goes, that's the most brilliant uh, orator ever. Like, uh, and he goes, so it almost, he pretty much almost lost you because I'm so good. And, uh, Data says, yeah, but he goes, you had to do it. Otherwise she would have ruled against me. And Riker goes, yeah. And he goes, well, so you injured you yourself to save me. I won't forget that. And Riker's so happy. And he goes, now I, w I was the best order other than John Luke and Data. And you're still friends. And uh, he goes, you're, he collapsed Data on the back. He goes, you're a wise man, my friend. And he goes, not yet, sir, but with your help, I'm learning. And, and the, Riker collapsed Data on the back, and they head out. They roll out to the party. Big back slap. Uh, and the episode comes to a close. Uh, all right. Uh, good night.